Okay, we're at the very bottom of Kavav Mabet. As you see, the Amudim are getting longer and longer as we approach the end. Usually means uh, either a Gadata or it's like uh, it's shorter snippets, like straight up just like lines of halacha. You'll see like, you know, bigger Amudim means less commentary generally, right? And most of you guys, it's just sort of like quick. So it doesn't flow quite as, uh, as well, but you see a lot of stuff here about... Uh, about uh, some details of the availability. Come to Here we go. Ha'olechum ma'akom ma'akom. The person's going from place to place. Im yachol l'ma'ed be'isko, yema'ed be'imlav yigagel imahem. If he can, uh, so I guess he sort of like he finds out as he's an avel, and he sees he's traveling. So if you can minimize the amount of ASEC business, uh, etc., then you should do so. If not, yigagel imahem, you should roll them with the people you're dealing with. Rashi says in the top of Kavzayin, meaning like try not to do a lot of business transactions. I don't know, like buying, paying for a hotel, buying things, you know, just things you need. So just do it as a group. Like, so that like, and it's less like more obvious that you're yourself investing in something. Okay, Tana Rabbana, new idea. From what, excuse me. From what point do you overturn the beds? And as we mentioned before, even though this is a practice that we don't have, this is sort of the paradigm of avilut in a certain sense. It's really kind of asking when does avilut begin? Okay, and the answer is mishiatza mi petach beto div Rabbi Lazar. Rabbi Lazar says it from when the body leaves the house. Okay, Rabbi Yeshua Omer mishiatema golel. Rabbi Yeshua says no, it's from when the uh, the grave is filled in. Okay, filled in completely. Okay, that's how we pass. You see this little bet there from the Mishpat. So that's uh, that's what we say. Uh, there's a case where Rabbi Gamliel Hazakin died. So Rabbi Lazar, the Shitaso said, as soon as they left the house with the body, he said, turn the beds over. So when the, the, the grave was filled in, Rabbi Yeshua stepped in and he said, oh, now you should turn your beds over. So Amr Kfar Kafinu Al He said, well, we are going to do? We already did it based on the words of the Zakim, based on Rabbi Lazar. So, okay. But nonetheless, you see there was like a Lamaisa argument there. Tana Rabbana on the flip side, every time Zokufina Tamitot. When do you turn over the breads by Arab Shabbat? On Arab Shabbat, you know you're not supposed to have Avilut, at least not publicly on Shabbat. So it says Mina Mincha Ulamala from Mincha time and on. Mincha time and on. Okay. Amar Abavaruna Afa Pichin in the Yoshe Valea Ashitashak. So even if you turn the bed over, I mean back the right way, you you earlier in the day, Mina Mincha Ulamala is like earlier in the day. Even so, you shouldn't sit on the bed until it gets dark. I mean, until it's actually Shabbat. Ulamote Shabbat. Alpha Pisha Enlo Le Shev Ela Yom Echad Choser Vekofet. Mote Shabbos. Even if he only only has like one more day uh, of availability, nonetheless, turn the bed over and you and you do it. Okay. Uh, fine. Tana Rabbana. New bright. Hakofet Mitato Lo Mitato Bilvado Kofet Ela Kol Mitoshe Yeshu Betoch Beto Kofet. Okay, when the person turns over the bed, it's not only his bed that he uses, but all the beds in the house that he has. It's like symbolic, you see. Right? Even if he has ten beds in ten places, he turns them all over. Now, that doesn't mean necessarily that every member of the household turns their beds over. I think it means that his beds turn over. But again, it's a little bit symbolic. Okay? Um, even if there's five brothers and one of them dies, everyone turns the bed over. But there's a bed that was sort of designated for vessels, utensils. I mean, like, you just, like, put stuff on it. You know, it's just a bed that's, like, it's one of those, like, you know, imagine, like, the guest room bed that just has, like, all the junk that's thrown on the guest room bed. So, you do not have to turn that bed over. Okay. Rather than that, you turn all the beds over. Okay.
Dargash. We're fine about the Dargash soon. But Dargash and Tarikh Lechapoto, Elazokvo. You don't have to turn over the Dargash, you can leave it upright. Rabbi Shemagom Milomer, Dargash Matirid Karbitav Hunofel Melav. Rabbi Shemagom says the Dargash, which is a type of it, we'll see. You're Martir, you release the Karbiti. Marashi says the Karbitav. Ritsu Otav Shukein Tarnifnia. I don't know what that is, but Ritsu Otav means the straps. Right, the way they made beds is you have to be strapped to sort of like create a like tension, and then you can put something on top of it, and you can lie down on top of it. So you release the things. So you don't have to flip the whole bed over, but you release the straps, kind of loosen it, uh, and it falls like kind of on its own. My dargash. What is a dargash? Amarula arsa digada. It's a bed of um, luck. Rashi says, it's, I don't know exactly what this is, but look at Rashi in the third line. Arsa degada mita shemiachadim ota limazal tov. It's like a bed that you designate for good luck, and you don't use it at all. You like have it to like have good luck in the house. I don't know what that is in real life. I don't know. We can't imagine that, but I guess it has such a thing. So the point is that the Dargash, it's not been anyone that would ever use. You would never sit on it. You never do anything on it. Nonetheless, you uh, release the straps. Amali Rabba, Rabba said, Gabi Melech, but now when it comes to a king, did Tanami learn the Masafet Dargash that everyone sort of leans on the ground. Um, I think it's a king who is in mourning. Um, that everyone lies on the ground and he is on the Dargash. I don't understand. There's something that until now, like until the Avelut, you don't sit on it, and now you sit on it? Doesn't really, I don't understand. Like, it's a special thing you do as an Avel? Sort of a weird thing. So, if that's what the Dargash is, I don't really understand what's happening here, the Gemara says. So, Matthew or Rashi, Rashi said, what are you talking about? My Kushya. What do you mean? What kind of, what kind of question was that? You can compare it to eating and drinking. That until now, people don't feed and, and, and give people to drink before they're an Avel, right? Is it like a common practice that the whole community starts bringing meals over to random people's houses to give them food to eat? I don't think so. And But now when it comes to the time of Avel, people feed them and give them to drink. So that's different. So why wouldn't the Dargash be any different than that? Allah Ikasha Ahakasha. So right, if you're gonna ask a Kasha uh, about this issue, you should ask the following question. Ditanya, Dargash I said you don't have to turn the Dargash over, you leave it up. But if it's this good luck bed, why don't you have to turn it over? Tanya, we learn in the Brayta, Right, so we just learned that was the first thing we learned. Right, one of the first things we learned today. Right, that you turn over all the beds in the house, so the dargash also you should turn over. So what are you talking about? The Gemara says again, What kind of question is that? Why can it be like the case of the bed that's designated for utensils? Right, you don't turn up the Tanya. It's not a repetition here. Right, if you have this special bed that you don't use for anything other than just like dumping stuff on it, so you don't have to turn it over. So the kasha ha kasha. So maybe if I ask a kasha, ask this question. So they're determined to have a kasha, but so far they haven't been successful one. From Shimon Gamliel Omer Dargash Matir Karbitav in the film Meilav. It says, Shimon Gamliel says, you release the uh, straps and it falls in the zone. If you think it's good luck, then my karbitin is like what kind of karbitin does it have? That's a good question, I guess. Okay, so uh, uh, yeah. So Kiyata Rabin, so when Rabin came from Eretz Yisrael, Amr Lehu Mirabana Rav Tachlifa Bar Ma'arava Shmei. So a certain one of the rabbis, and his name is Rav Tachlifa Bar Ma'arava, Davashchiyach Beshuka De Gildai, and he was uh, used to hang out in the Shuk of Gildai. My Dargash, what's the Dargash? Arsa Ditzala. 
He doesn't say it's a good luck bed. It's an arsid desala made of leather, bed made of leather. It's my nami. It was also stated, Amarabi Yirmiya, Dargash Serugo Mitocho. Mita Seruga Agaba. I'll tell you the difference. It's a Dargash, you have the Serug. The Serug means like, I think it means like uh, the straps are Mitocho. They're like inside. I guess like if you have like, the, I guess if you, have, if you have wood, they kind of like the. I guess there's different ways to have like straps like that. You can like wrap it over the top of the bed, and you can like go through the bed, like through the poles, or whatever. So like, it's a, it's a dark actually goes through. So it's a different type of bed in that sense. Okay. What was the question? Why do we say carbon childhood? Uh, the straps. The straps. Okay. So Amar Rabbi Yaakov Bar Acha, Amar Rabbi Shmuel Levi, Halacha is in fact like Rabbi Shmuel that you release the straps of the dargash. Okay. Now. Uh, either says it's Renami or not. If you have a bed that has naklitim, it's like these poles. Like imagine like a like a you know like a four post bed, poster bed, right? Like has these tall things. So if you have that kind of bed, zokva um, bedayo, you just leave it standing up and it's enough. Meaning you don't really have to do anything about it because it's weird to like flip that bed over. Look at look at Rashi naklite. So they're like these posts, and then you like drape over like a sheet, and it protects you from the flies. Okay, so that kind of bed, you don't turn over. You don't turn over. Okay, Tano Rabbanan Yashen Agabi Kisei Agabi Odaini Gdola Agabi Karka Lo Yatsei Dechavata Oh Yashan, excuse me. If a person slept on a chair, on an Odaini is a mortar, uh, or a big one, on, a, on the ground. You're not yotze, meaning that there's. You might have assumed that the point of turning the bed over is to make you uncomfortable. And if you want to be uncomfortable in a different way, that's also fine. So you can sleep on the floor, sleep on the chair, and you just don't, you just don't sleep on your bed. Not true. You're not yotze in a certain sense. It's very strange that it says that way. But saying you're not. Rabbi Yochanan, Rabbi Yochanan explains shalokiyim kviatamita. You didn't fulfill like the obligation of kviatamita by sleeping on the chair. You just avoided it. Kviatamita is that it's turned over and then you sleep on that thing on that bed. It's very uncomfortable, but on the bed, but the bed in an unusual way. Okay. Furthermore, Tano Rabbanam, Mechabdin umarbitzin beveta avel. In the beta avel, you're allowed to do the following things. Mechabdin means you can sweep. Marbitzin is when they had dirt floors. It means like um, you spray the floor with water and it keeps the, it settles the dust. I always give the analogy. It's like uh, when you go to a baseball game, you know, like they uh, they spray the infield. So why do they spray the infield? Because they want to keep the dust level down. It keeps it a little bit packed down. So that's what it keeps the dirt packed down. So that's what you do, Marbitzin. You can do that in the Beit Avel. Umadichin ke'arot ve'kozot ve'kutom ve'kutomiyot Beit Avel. You can also wash uh, bowls and cups and uh, jugs and uh, uh, different containers in the Beit Avel. in the Vinatag mugmar. You can't bring mugmar. Mugmar is uh, incense. Veta besamim or uh, spices. The Beit Avel, like for the good smell, because um, you don't. I guess it makes sense. You shouldn't have them in the Beit Avel. It's like it's like a luxury a little bit. Kamar says so you can keep the place clean, but you can't bring like the extra stuff. That's what the word saying. Kamar says, Aini, is that true? You can't make a bracha on mugmar or on basamim in the beta avel. What does that imply? That implies that what? It's the blessing you don't make. But you're allowed to bring it apparently, right? If you don't, right, if you don't bring it in, now obviously there's no issue of making a bracha. Says, beta avel, One's talking about the beta avel, okay, the actual beta where the avelim are, you wouldn't bring on those things. One's the beta benachamim, the benachamim where they're comforting the people, so then presumably you could bring those things in, but you wouldn't make a bracha on them. It sounds from here that the um, the nechama, the comfort is being done maybe not exactly where the people are living. It's this little different house or something like that. It's a little bit confusing there. I know like. Um, 
not from the Jewish practice, but like I think like in the Muslim world, there's like a special tent that they have, like where the family sits when they're sitting like uh, whatever their avilut is, whatever their morning practices are. So it sounds like it's something like that, and this this uh, this distinction it sounds like, but nonetheless. Okay, no new Mishnah. The Mishnah says, It is actually a very beautiful Mishnah and Gemara. It's talking about practices that we have in terms of bringing things to the Beit Avil and potential distinctions you might have between people who have different amounts of money, rich people, let's say, and poor people, and how we're going to try to limit, and the Chachamim really tried to limit those distinctions to make sure people felt comfortable. So, so for example, you're not allowed to bring the food to the Beit Avil on a tavla, on a, on a tray, or on a skutla. Uh, it's another type of, like, uh, Right, it says tamchoy. Uh, tam, it's like a type of basket. Um, or I lost my place. Below the knon, a knon also is like another type of basket that's like designed a certain way where you could like uh, pour things out of it. Ela besalim, you'd rather use uh, regular baskets. Also, you don't say birkat avelim. You have the special bracha for the avelim and the cholamov. We don't say it. Furthermore, avel omdim b'shura. Excuse me, aval omdim b'shura menachamim. Um, but we do stand in the shura after a funeral, right? The shura part on the, the parallel lines, and we do the nicham avelim there. Upotrina tarabim, we we let the public go. I guess it's a certain type of announcement, like everyone go home, like it's over. We don't on cholamod. We don't leave the beer in the street. I guess that's something that they used to do, and then people would come and like mourn and, and talk about the the person who passed away. Don't do that on the cholamod because we don't want to make the hesped, the eulogy, something that's going to be very common. And we never leave the women's uh, beer out in public, out of honor for the dead. Okay, it's interesting that even after death, certainly we know the idea of honoring the dead, we distinguish between honoring men and honoring women sometimes, also in the way we treat them. It's not as kavod uh, for women to be left out um, uh, in the public. Okay, the Gemara now says, We learned in the bright. It's a long bright here. We'll have to stop at the middle. But it's a lot of examples of the same type of idea. And used to be originally they would bring the food to the Beit Avel. If the rich people, it was kalatosh al trays of gold or silver, and the poor people, it was baskets um, of uh, uh, stripped um, willow uh, branches. Okay, and the poor people would be embarrassed, right? Because they have sort of this very, very simple uh, tray or basket, and uh, the rich people got these fancy trays. So he kinu say institute issue hakom if he investalim the tzarim shall arvak tufa if they kvod not shall anim. So ever kavov anim they didn't want to have these distinctions. So the people in charge, like you know, the rabbis, whatever the people in charge, they takana. Everyone does the lower level, very, very basic, simple thing. Uh, similarly, used to be that they would give drinks in the Beit Avel for the rich people in a white glass, I guess that's a fancier glass, and for the poor people in a colored glass, which I guess was less fancy. So people, the, the poor people were embarrassed. So again, the same thing, the answer that everyone would do the colored glass. Similarly, very interestingly, we are so familiar um, in our customs now that we don't reveal the face or the body of the person who passes away. It's, everything's covered up in the talit or the coffin, whatever it might be. Right? The idea of an open casket is sort of like anathema to Jews. But you see here from the Brita, not true. It used to be that they would uh, reveal the face of the rich and they would cover the face of the poor. Why? Because the poor people, their faces were blackened. I mean, it usually means like because they were like sunken in cheeks because of famine. They didn't have a lot to eat. To eat, and that was, I guess, uh, not didn't look so good. So they didn't want to reveal their face. 